We have talked to comedian Mark Normand about food in every season of this podcast. This is season four's installment, this time with his fiancée, comedian Mae Plannert. She cooks. It's on tip of the tongue. Tip of the Tongue, a podcast on the Nitty Grits Network, where we explore the intersection of food and drink and museums. This is Liz Williams. We're here with May Plannert and Mark Normand. They are engaged, they live together, and they are both comics. <laughs> and they have lived together through the pandemic. Out of wedlock? Yes. (laughs) (laughs) And they are um, also now coming out of the pandemic, Mm. living together. And so the big question is, how did you change your cooking or your eating habits Mm. during the pandemic? Well, before the pandemic, I mean, both of us were on the go constantly. Like I would go to work and then I'd be at work at lunch, probably at like Chipotle or whatever. And then go out and do shows at night so it would be like wherever I could eat and it was a lot of takeout a lot of fast casuals like you know dig-ins or sweet greens like salads on the go things like that and I kind of like not that it was a point of pride necessarily but it was sort of one of these things that if someone asked me like do you cook I was like no I have no idea how to do it and I had no interest in doing it until the pandemic and then I was like you know it's kind of the one um activity that we had <laughs> which is funny right. and that so walking every now and then you walk randomly around the block for no reason to just to well and also to just move your legs yeah. <laughs> you right <know? laughs> like go to the grocery store i was like this is an amusement park yeah. for uh-huh. me <laughs> yeah yeah right now so i actually i started cooking in the beginning of the pandemic and because i was such a novice i thought it would be funny if we filmed it just to see all my like you know, trials and errors. And, and it was really fun. I didn't expect that at all. And we tried like, you know, easier recipes up to like really hard. I made at one point I made a beef Wellington. That was probably the hardest one. Yeah. And it looked awful, but it tasted great. Yeah. And, and so were you getting most of your recipes off the internet? Yeah. Most of them off the internet because I had no intuition you know, but now I would say like but after... But you also didn't have tons of cookbooks or anything like that. No. Okay. Yeah, we didn't have that. And my mom, hopefully she doesn't listen to this, is a notoriously bad cook. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, so mom. You didn't have the model? <laughs> no, like we had a lot of... I swear to God, I've never seen my mother cut um, garlic. I've never seen her cut garlic. And that should tell you how bad of a cook she is. Like everything's very bland. <laughs> she does. The food tastes... It's all cooked and well done and all that, but it just doesn't have taste. Yes. It's just flavorless, but it's it's well done. Like the, the meat is cooked, it's all the way through, the vegetables are cooked. It's just bland. It's really funny to say, like, yeah, she's a great cook, except you can't taste anything. Well, it's like if she built a house, it would be a standard house with a triangular roof and a box and a porch. But there would be no flair or fun or design. 
yeah i guess her food is sort of oh god if she listens to this i am toast but some of it's like, <laughs> it's sort I'll of be a, sure and send yeah. it to her it, <laughs> it kind of reflects some of the other things like our our house decor is very traditional yeah you know yeah yeah the husband is traditional the kids are except for you yeah so also <laughs> i can imagine that you were limited by your your pots and pans and not having, if you weren't cooking, you didn't have accumulation of all those things right. either. We had, I think at our old place, cause so we moved during the pandemic because our old place was so small, but we literally had, which is the name of the cooking show that I started on Instagram was two stove burners and a microwave. And that was all we had to go with. We didn't even have like an oven. We at some point got a toaster oven. That was like a godsend for us. Big deal. Yeah. And then we, I think at the, that time we only had maybe like two pans, mm-hmm. maybe three. Yeah, and they were small. And like janky, like they would sit on the, oh, yeah. they yeah. would be like teetering because they weren't level. Yeah. It was a challenge. Yeah. yeah. Okay, so then you moved to a different place. You have an actual oven. Oh, we do. Oh, it's yeah. very fancy and a dishwasher, not bragging. Whoa. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> and then I know I sent you a bunch of pots and pans. You yeah. did. Yep. Yeah. And, and so does that help so that you can cook more than one thing at the same time? (laughs) It definitely helps. Also, I would say like the pans are really high quality. You can tell because the food just cooks really like cooks through really well. Consistency wise, where like the other ones would always be like sort of a guess and I would burn a lot of things and, and all of these things. Actually, my mom came to visit and she was like, where'd you get these pants? (laughs) She was very impressed. Yeah. (laughs) Very impressed. They look like real. They're not from, you know, rest- restoration hardware. They've seen some things. Oh, yeah. They're, they're used for sure. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like like omvets. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So you, you've upped your game. I've upped my game quite a bit. Um, Lobster. Yeah. Catchatory. Gumbo. I'm, I made a gumbo. That was a disaster, though. That was really bad. One was good. One was bad. Yeah, one was horrible. Inedible is how I would describe that dish. <laughs> <laughs> Which stunk because, you know, you go out and you buy all these ingredients and some of this, like, shrimp. And so right, it's, like, kind right, of expensive. Right, and, uh, right. Yeah, you anyway, don't want to ruin that. Yeah. I did. So. But so do you feel <laughs> that you're also getting more intuitive about your cooking? Yes, definitely. Like, I think I can read a recipe and say, okay, they, it calls for this, but I'm not a big fan of that, and I'll swap it out for this. And I know mm-hmm. it's still going to work. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, mm-hmm. I did go through a phase... Because, like, mind you, I've only been cooking for, you know, I guess a year and a half. Mm -hmm. Um, But I went through a short phase where, like, no matter what I made, everything tasted the same. Remember that? Mm. Like, I would make, like, a pasta, and it would taste the same as a stuffed pepper. It would taste the same as, like, like, no matter I could make, like, macaroni and cheese, and it would taste like a soup. I can't even explain it. Like, everything tasted exactly (laughs) the same. So I think I've gotten over that. Like, I've worked with different flavor combinations because... Um, I really like hot food, so I tend to overdo it with the paprika or the, uh, the cayenne, yeah, the cayenne mm-hmm. and the, uh, like red hot chili flakes. Mm-hmm. And so if you just do that on every meal, then it all tastes exactly the same. Right. right. And you can't actually taste the food you're eating. You just taste the hot. Yeah. Yeah. That, that happens. Childhood rebelling there. You know? <laughs> cayenne and mom. Screw you. <laughs> yeah. Okay, and so now that things are loosening up um, and you're able to go to restaurants now, 
Is that making a big difference in the, in the amount of cooking that you're doing? You know, not really. Like I, I try to at least cook like lunch here just for like health reasons, honestly, too. Like you don't really know what's in restaurant food and it's cheaper and I enjoy it. Like I like taking like a proper break. Hope my boss doesn't listen to this either. I'm like, (laughs) (laughs) I'm like, I like taking a full hour lunch every day and like really making something. I recently got an air fryer, which is Mm -hmm. a huge help. So I can just like stick a piece of salmon in that. It comes out perfect. And you can have that with some vegetables. So like I do enjoy making my own food. It gives me more of like a satisfaction than going out and spending $15 on a salad that is secretly a thousand calories and, you know, horrible for you. Also, I would say I've, I like am excited to sort of show off my new skills and stuff. So I would much prefer to have like friends on our rooftop and cook meal for them, then go to a restaurant. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I, I understand that. Mm. And so, so Mark, what do you think? Do you feel the same way about continuing to eat this way? Or do you want to go back to all the restaurants? Well, I think it's a good balance, but I like the cooking. It's a nice new quality that you didn't have when I knew you. And now you have it. And it's cool to see you come in with a bunch of groceries and then half an hour later we got a meal simmering. So that's kind of fun. So so, I like the cooking. And your role in all this is just eating? I'll help chop maybe or do the dishes after or something. I try to contribute, but she enjoys cooking. I don't know. I don't want to get in the way. What am I going to do? I don't know. Have you tried anything? Making it? Mm -hmm. Nah. And you say that with such finality. Well, it just doesn't... I've never tried ballet either. It doesn't speak to me. Okay. You know? But I like to enjoy the ballet or the Wellington. Yeah, but I I feel like I felt the same way about cooking. And then... um, Like, I don't know if that's... Maybe part of it is like, you know, you grow up being like, women are more than just people in the kitchen. So I was like, I don't want to cook because I don't want to be like that kind of woman. But it's like, I enjoy the art project of it. I enjoy making a meal. Is that so bad? (laughs) Is that the worst thing? But like, I think maybe you would like the uh, creativity. Maybe. Maybe. Yeah. Yeah. I just, I've, I've cooked, I've made stuff before. It wasn't great, but uh, it didn't thrill me. It didn't give me that satisfaction that it it seems to give you or you. So it's not for everybody. Yeah. Yeah. And so do you consider yourself somebody who can actually taste the difference between something good and something that isn't? I think so. With everything but wine. Wine and tap dancing, I can't tell when it's good or bad. (laughs) But food, I feel like I can tell. But I like things that other people don't like. Some people go, "This this is the worst pate I've ever had. I'm like, I think it's pretty good. So I don't know. I don't have a great palate, I wouldn't say, but I... I can uh, tell if like a gumbo is good or not, I think. Uh-huh. Okay. Like things you're familiar familiar with. Yeah, yeah. You know, some people are like, this is the best burger, or this is the best pizza. I'm like, ah, eh, it's a burger. It's all the same. You're crazy. You just want a personality. <laughs> but I think some stuff you can tell. Okay. Okay. So as you go forward, do you have any sort of ideas about expanding what you're doing? Is it something like, did you stop your, your, your show? 
Well, I just stopped my show out of laziness, um, but I I'm down to do another one. Like it's it just kind of comes like whenever I feel like it, and uh-huh. I should be making it more consistent. But I just have a lot on my plate right now, so we've even been doing li- literally and figuratively, I guess. But um, we I have to have Mark film me, uh-huh. and so it's hard to get him like home for dinner. Yeah, and usually we do dinners, mm-hmm. and then you know I'm down to take a long lunch, but like. You work. Yeah, I work, so I can't take that long of a lunch. So, you know, whenever you're home for dinner, we'll do another one. But um, When someone has to edit it, it's it's a whole thing. It's yeah, not just it's, the cooking. Also, yeah. you got to get the groceries, cook it, edit it, put it out there. Yeah, it's a big project yeah. for sure. Yeah. Yeah. I think I'm going to continue with it, though, because it's worth it. Because people watch them, and then when I don't do them for a while, people message me and ask for them, and I'm just sitting here with people asking for a product and not giving it to them. So like, why wouldn't I continue with that? Right. A yeah. Little bit, you know? Yeah. And so do you have an area that you haven't explored that yet that you, where you want to go? Um, I actually had this idea of doing like, and this may be just for, for one episode, but remember like it, in the seventies, they did those like gelatin, like meat molds. Oh yes. <laughs> yeah. mm-hmm. I want to make one and like, and uh, see exactly how that tastes. And it's probably going to be terrible. And we'll probably like order food afterwards. But uh-huh. yeah, but you know, it's like hogshead cheese. Do you like hogshead cheese, Mark? I can do a, a little bit. I can't do a whole head. What's hogshead cheese? Hogshead cheese is, is hogs meat, hog meat in gelatin. Oh, wow. <laughs> and it it's, 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 and it's, uh, it's pretty spicy, but um, it uses... The parts of usually they call it hogshead cheese because they use the head and um, and the gelatin from the bones and um, the meat that's just not big enough to really eat. Mm. But once you boil it, it starts to have those little pieces that come. And so then you use that and you just add a little more gelatin and wow add <laughs> onions and all those things i mean it's um it's serious yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> but it's a lot it's a it's a you whole lot yeah can't have more than four crackers of it right so when we like we'll do a, a whole hog barbecue at the museum mm. <clears throat> and then at the end we have the head left and we'll put out on on the internet that we have a head and we'll have <laughs> Well, it was 20, 30 chefs show up trying to get it. Wow, that's crazy. Yeah, it's like first one, first served. You know, whoever gets here first can take the head. Wow. That's and so funny. So it's uh, it's very, very much something that people want. Wow. But uh, it's... The one guy who shows up from the internet, it's like, I'm here for the free head. <laughs> <laughs> All right. <laughs> that's funny. So, um, <laughs> so yeah, I, I mean... I, I, I know what you're talking about. There are some people on the internet that do lots and lots of gelatins. Okay. And sometimes they're really creative and they have like vodka in them and all mm-hmm. kinds of things, which if you use a strong enough stock that has enough flavor in it, mm-hmm. then it actually tastes good. Yeah. A lot of people have a texture problem with the gelatin. Though. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And so, yeah. Yeah. I've to. never had meat in my gelatin before. So I think that'd just be funny. And yeah. I, you know, and I might get like a, like a, one of, what do you call that? An apron yeah, or something. Go yeah. Uh, <laughs> like do, a go 50s 50s thing. do like a 50s yeah. haircut yeah. or something. Yeah. I guess yeah. like now that I'm married, I'm going to have to be. Uh, <laughs> 
Yeah, we can get a baby in one arm. <laughs> and you're going to wear a wife beater, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Jack Daniels. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah, you know, th- it makes me think about when Jell-O and all those gelatin products really became very popular. Because, you know, it wasn't until the 1920s, the late 20s, and then throughout the 1930s that the U.S. became electrified. Mm-hmm. And so, and in fact, it was even longer for the rural areas to be electrified. And so, of course, you didn't have a refrigerator until there was electricity. Yeah. And so things like <clears throat> aspics and whatever were um, only things you could find in a restaurant. Oh. And because you didn't have a cold enough place... I mean, unless you lived far north and you were making aspic in the winter, which Wait, nobody is, ever does. Is aspic? aspic is this gelatin dish that oh, she's oh, talking about. And so it became possible to make an aspic yourself at mm. home Ugh. once you had a refrigerator. <laughs> and so in the beginning, people just bought unflavored gelatin and they turned it into an aspic by following the recipe. Yeah. Could put it into the refrigerator in some pretty mold and turn it out for the bridge club or whatever. Right, right. And then as the people who make food, the um, pre-packaged food and whatever, realized that people were making flavored gelatins, that's how they started to make these packaged, flavored, already sugared gelatins. So you just had to add water to Mm. your jello. Right. And then... So that was the 40s and 50s, but it really wasn't that long when you think about it. And uh, after the electrification, they had to wait until enough people had refrigerators yeah. to make it worthwhile. Mm. But that's what that's what pushed that. We never think about it anymore because refrigerators are pretty ubiquitous. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Yeah. That's crazy. I got to say, regular like jello from the box, the sugary one, I really love. Yeah, I like it too. <laughs> It's good. What about gefilte fish? That's gelatin, isn't it? Isn't no. that gelatin? No. no, I don't think so. It's just a it's a canned fish, and then you just spread it. I it's like it a canned like fish, like spread. It. Green gelatin on there. I thought it was. I know it's not jello, but it's no, I think it's just like fat from the fish. I don't. Really yeah, know. it's yeah. from the fish. Mm, but it's so, so green. Is it green? I don't I, remember I've it, never being seen green. it being oh, green. Really? I've yeah. never seen it green either. It looks neon green. I don't think you're thinking of the right thing because <laughs> yeah, I went to a Passover dinner not long ago and it, we, we had oh, gefilte really? fish and it wasn't like that at all. Yeah. It's, mm. it's definitely, it's not like that green on uh, Chicago hot dogs or anything like that. Uh, so like it's a right. It's uh, not like that. I swear I've seen a green gefilte. No, no. <laughs> Maybe it's a food dyed gefilte. Yeah, I guess so. All right. Forget it. So, Jello or gelatin, anything else on your list of I'm going to explore this now? Hmm, I really wanted to make homemade sushi, mm-hmm. but then I think that'd be kind of a would it be too easy? Not a lot of cooking. Yeah, yeah. it's an assembly thing, yeah. right? So the art is in knowing how to carve the fish properly and all of yeah. that sort of thing, as because you want fish as fresh as possible and all that right so that's really where the art is yeah that might be kind of a boring one i don't know mm. i was also thinking i did dumplings mm-hmm. offline i didn't do i didn't film it and they were really good oh yeah those were good 
Yeah. I so did, did you get did you get into baking at all during this whole thing, or no. was it mostly dinner? Yes, yeah, mostly dinner. You know what I want to make actually is scones. I really have been craving a scone lately. And I think those are kind of hard to make, right? Well, it's like making biscuits. I think the first time is always a disaster because yeah. you overneed them and they get hard because okay. uh, you develop the gluten too much and everything. Yeah. But then you practice and you yeah. get a light touch and then you, you can make them really right. well. I mean, basically, a scone is a, a biscuit that has more sugar in it. Okay. <laughs> You I know, love a scone. It's a, sweet, a sweeter stone, a scone, a yeah. sweeter biscuit. We'll have to film um, the one that's a disaster because that's the yeah. funniest. Yeah, those are more funny. fun for yeah. sure. Especially <laughs> if the oven catches on fire. Yeah. <laughs> that's good TV. That's good TV. <laughs> Burning so, our house down. Yeah. Have you thought about like Indian food or um, going down one of those avenues, yeah. like getting an Indian Ooh. cookbook and then really trying it out I, that I've would be a, fun i've got a good one to oh, recommend yeah? nick sharma uh, i don't know if you are familiar with him he has two really outstanding um cookbooks and they are a really kind of modern you know he doesn't do traditional indian but mm-hmm. the indian uh influence is really really strong yeah and um so it would be a way to explore different kinds of flavorings. Yeah. I mean, what I've been doing recently, I've been really exploring f- flavors that I didn't grow up with. Mm-hmm. And so I, I bought a new coffee grinder that didn't have coffee all through it. And I've been using it to grind my own spices. Oh, So if you need... If you need cinnamon or you need ground cardamom or any of those kinds of things, you grind them. You're, and like, I, I've been making this Nick Sharma spice cake, which <laughs> I give him credit for it because it's absolutely unbelievably good. Mm. Has black pepper in it mm. and ground cardamom and ginger and all these different th- seasonings in it, and um, it, it's like knocks your soft socks off with the flavor, unlike, you know, a more gingerbready kind of mm-hmm. sort of vanilla. I mean, it's not vanilla, but it just doesn't have the pizzazz that this yeah. thing does. But it's kind of equivalent to a gingerbread, but yeah. really, really spicy. Mm-hmm. And I just throw all the uh, spices that I'm going to need in the grinder and then grind them up together. And so then your whole kitchen, even before you start cooking, smells of mm. these wonderful mm. spices. And um, and then measure out, you know, I figure out how much you need all together and then measure it out. And, um, and then y- you can throw in some bread afterwards and it cleans out the oh. the grinder huh. and so then you can use it again with a different flavor and it doesn't, and it doesn't pick up the last one yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and and it really ups your game i mean hmm. it really really ups the game because you just uh y- you can't get up no matter how fresh something is at the grocery store or wherever you buy your spices it's not going to be as fresh as just ground. I mean, right, it just right. never is. And so it really, really makes a difference. And then I've been drying lemon peels and orange oh. peels and things like that and then grinding those up mm. in a blender yeah. until they're really a powder mm. and um, and cooking with those. Interesting. And yeah. So I made a pumpernickel bread and I Ooh. added 
a tablespoon, like a heaping tablespoon of ground orange peel, mm. and it just made the really? the, f- the flavor so mm. much. It was like a deeper, interesting flavor. So I recommend you you do something like that because it doesn't require a whole lot of equipment or anything like that. It's just like okay, let's try this, you know, and it, mm. it gives you a whole different way. And I've been doing that with Middle Eastern food and other kinds of places that have a different spice mix yeah. than yeah. what I'm used to, you know. You could probably dry those in the air fryer. Oh, yeah, I could do that. Yeah. Do you, do you, have, you have an air fryer. Mm-hmm. Do you mm-hmm. ever use it? I do, okay. yeah. Your mom doesn't use it. I, yeah. have, I have one that's not like the new ones. It's an old one where it has a um like an arm in it that makes everything sort of um toss around so that oh, interesting. if yeah. you put f- like french fries or something in it it tosses it up into the oh, air nice. so yeah. that it gets really nicely yeah. you know it gets exposed to the air evenly yeah wow. yeah now i got a question a food question all right oh uh, you got you know you, on your podcast you talk about foods you love what are you making what foods do you hate, and this is for everybody, what food do you hate that everybody seems to like and you think is overrated and you hate it? Mm. Okay, that's a hard question. I, I think donuts are overrated. Ah. Um, I, even when, you know, when <laughs> I try to take a donut that somebody brings or whatever, it's never, I mean, that first bite is always a disappointment. And really? I don't want to eat the rest of it. Interesting. So I've gone to, like, donut places, even here in New York. And um, uh, if, if it's totally fresh, it's still hot, you know, whatever, it's usually pretty good. But I could still do without it, you know. I, it, I think it's just they're overrated you're just sugary bread yeah all right i, I get you so I'd, I, I'd rather actually have a good piece of bread uh-huh. than a donut i yeah and i hate the these elaborate donuts where they just put fruit loops on it or something or yeah. oreos and right. like hey this is a gourmet donut i'm like this is just a donut with cookies on it right yeah. right i hate that yeah i do like Krispy Kreme though Krispy Kreme is good, but it's how many can you really eat? One, like every two years. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. But still. Yeah. I like a donut too, but I just hate myself while I'm eating it so much that it's not worth it. Yeah. Because I'm like, what am I doing here? It's seven in the morning and I'm eating this, you know, chemical circle. <laughs> what about you? Um, I really don't like banh mi sandwiches, but maybe I just haven't had one in a long time because I feel like I should like them. Yeah, you seem like you would. But isn't there like that big piece of like fatty meat in them? Yeah. Like I don't like the fat on the meat. Like I just, I don't know. It doesn't appeal to me. It's pate, I think. I think it's no. Well, well that you can get it with pate. Oh. And I can tell you that a banh mi with a slice of pate and fried oysters on it Ooh. is pretty good. Yeah. But... If you get one, uh, depending on which kind you get, you could get one that's pork with a big fat layer on it still, mm. and that's might not be something that yeah. you, you like. See, when I was little, my father loved fat. Yeah, I mean he really did. So if he had a steak, he would keep he wouldn't trim the fat off of it. He would cook it, and then yeah. the fat would get all curled and all that Ooh. kind of stuff. 
And then he would cut it off because my mother wouldn't touch it, you know. Yeah. And he'd cut it in half, and I definitely <laughs> half. <laughs> and so I associate it with him, you know. Yeah. And he did the same thing with a pork chop or anything like that. He loved the fat. But if it's not hot, it's horrible. And yeah. I think that's what happens with a banh mi. Yeah. Oh, it's not hot. And so it's not the fact that it's fat. It's the fact that it's cold fat. Yeah. That's That, to me, is the big difference. Like when you go for the turkey on the day after Thanksgiving when it's in the fridge and it's all that jello. It's basically like brown jello around the turkey. And you're yeah. like, what is this? But then you scoop it in and then you heat it. And, and then, then it's, it's brown good. gravy. Yes. And it's yeah. so good. Yeah. Yeah. I'm having a hard time thinking about foods I don't like. It's hard, but yeah. they're there. And then when you go to a party, you're going to go, there's a buffet out, and you always skip one. And I'm trying to think of what that thing is that I always skip. Yeah. That, yeah, I, when you think of it as a party, that's that's kind of true. I often skip potato salad, oh. not because I don't like a good potato salad, but so often it isn't good. Yeah, true. It's, you know, it's just kind Mayonnaise-y of... Mayonnaise-y. Yeah, and, like, and just kind of meh, you know? Yeah, yeah. And mm-hmm. so also, um, oh, sometimes that's true about like a coleslaw or something, yeah, you know? Yeah, coleslaw's tough. I love coleslaw. <laughs> And uh, I like a good coleslaw, yeah. but I don't want, I don't like one that just tastes like mayonnaise. Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah she and likes mayonnaise. Yeah, I love mayonnaise. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> I love like a super mayonnaise-y like tuna salad or chicken uh, salad. Yeah. 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 And good. that's another thing I've started doing during the pandemic, and I'm continuing to do it, is making our own mayonnaise. Mm. Oh, Yeah. That is really easy in a food processor or something like yeah. that. I mean, mm. it doesn't take any time. And you can make small quantities so it doesn't go bad. And uh, just, yeah. you know, and it, you can you can sort of spice it up the way you like it. I like yeah. to put Dijon mustard in it yeah. and stuff. Mm. And it's good. Something that we always had in our house growing up that people thought was weird when we came over was Miracle Whip. Oh, I yeah. love Miracle Whip. Interesting. I don't even think about it. It's so good. It's like, it's tangy. It's like it's better mayonnaise. Right, I think. Right. Right. Yeah. I thought. I just thought Miracle Whip was mayonnaise, but you're saying it's like their own spin on mayonnaise. Yes. Yeah. Oh, I never knew that. And I think it's like less calories. Mm. I don't know. Maybe. Maybe not. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. It's still bad for you. Yeah. yeah. My food is, that I hate is cantaloupe. Really. I just don't. I can eat it. I'll force myself when it's in the the fruit salad just to finish it, but I hate it. And you like honeydew melon? Uh, it's a lesser evil, but I don't really? like it. See, and I feel I'm the same the way. I'm the opposite. I like cantaloupe much better than honeydew melon. Hmm. Yeah, they're both wasted time. They're both fillers to me. <laughs> yeah. uh-huh. And then every yeah. time you get a fruit cup, it's like mostly yeah. honeydew and cantaloupe. Yeah. I'm like, they know what they're doing. Yeah. Right. We want the berries. <laughs> I want the blueberries, the strawberries. Yeah. And you know what I'm skipping at Thanksgiving is that sweet potato, whatever. You know, it's always sweet potato mashed or, oh, or with the, and with ma- marshmallows, marshmallows on it. Oh, no, I, I don't like it with marshmallows on it. No. I like, if you're going to do sweet potatoes one of the best ways to do it is bake your sweet potato scoop it out mix it with goat cheese Ooh. and then restuff it 
Mm. And then put it back in the oven and get it really, really hot. And then sprinkle the top after you take it out with like pumpkin seeds or sunflower seeds Mm. or something to give it a little bit of crunch. That is very good. That Mm. sounds nice. Like twice baked. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Much better than marshmallows. Yeah, yeah who needs that it? They either. call it sweet, so they're like, oh, I'll throw a marshmallow on. We'll put on more sweet. It's like, no. Yeah, exactly. And I, I'm not really a fan of the traditional green uh, bean uh, casserole. Uh, oh, I love that. I, <laughs> like I, I like, what is it called? Cream of mushroom soup. Yes. Yeah, yes. yeah, yeah. Yeah, right. I love it. I like it, too. That's one of my favorite things about thanksgiving i would say yeah it's green bean casserole mm-hmm. yeah it's up there for me <laughs> the turkey to me is almost secondary i like the rice and gravy i like the stuffing i like the green bean casserole i also really like the cranberry sauce that comes directly out of a can <laughs> and you see the ridges on the outside oh, of the wow. cube i love that like whenever i go places and people have like homemade like artisanal cranberry, cranberry sauce. sauce i'm like Ugh. Come on, You're I want the point. Yeah, I want oh, the. This is good to know. Yeah, yeah. I just, just bring a can. I just want like right. a can, and I want. I don't want you to like chop it up and make it look nice. Like ah, I want to see the ridges. The ridges. <laughs> yeah. Don't listen to the sound it makes when it comes out of there. Yeah. So. <laughs> okay, so going forward. We yeah. are, you're going to be expecting new meals change mm-hmm. and yeah. And if you, what is your go-to meal now when you're in a hurry? Um, do yeah. you, do you actually shop every time you make a meal or do you shop once a week or what I are you kind doing? Of, since we live in New York and I don't want to carry everything and also my schedule changes so much, like I might think I'm making dinner these nights, but then something changes and I don't end up making that. I, I do sort of go like once every like two days or something uh-huh. and just buy food for like two days, nothing crazy. So I kind of like just what I'm in the mood for at the moment. But I mean, usually like my go-to meal would just be like throw either a piece of fish or even like a steak. I've done steaks in the air fryer and mm-hmm. like a, some sort of salad on the side. Uh-huh. So something uh-huh. just like, Oh, that's real simple. Yeah, real yeah. simple. Something like that. What would be like... You make this tomato soup a lot, oh, and it's yeah. really good. Yeah, sometimes I'll make tomato soup for the for the week, and it'll just sit in our fridge, and then we'll just eat it like uh-huh. you know, for a snack or for a meal. And it's like the simplest thing in the world. It's just like crushed tomatoes, uh, any vegetable that's just like at... any Orange, Basically, that's like celery. in our fridge or whatever. We just throw it all in there. Mm-hmm. You know, chicken stock, let it go, and then... It'll just sit in our fridge. Actually, in your little pan. Yep, the pan, the brown one, the tall yeah, brown uh-huh, one. Yeah. Uh-huh. So that's been nice. Chicken, chickens in there. I put chicken in there sometimes, but I don't know. Sometimes I like it vegetarian, and then I do Ooh, like a. It sounds like crab meat needs to be in there. Oh yeah, <laughs> that would be nice. Put crab meat, anything. Yeah, Probably yeah, salad. but but crab meat in New Orleans is different than crab meat in New York in terms yeah. of yeah. cost. Yeah, yeah, true. 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 Yeah, and I'll put some avocado slices or maybe some like jalapenos oh, yeah, on top. Yeah, and, yeah. Uh-huh, yeah, it's pretty good. You know, that makes me think about a salad that I love that's mangoes, tomatoes, watermelon, mm. and cucumber. Oh, wow, that and sounds good. you throw in whatever spices you have or, you know, herbs like chopped up parsley or basil or tarragon or just whatever you have Mm -hmm. with oil and vinegar with some garlic in it and that is really good and it's slightly sweet but yeah because all the fruits are sweet but they all seem to go together yeah tomatoes yeah yeah Mm. make a good pumpkin soup Mm -hmm. oh yeah yeah well thanks so much it's been a lot of fun talking to you 
Is that it? That's it. Oh, I don't know if we hit 30. What does it look like? Oh, well, 35. Wow. It's <laughs> a long one. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Bye-bye. Bye. Thank you. Thanks for listening to Tip of the Tongue. We come to you from the Camellia Bean Studio at the Southern Food and Beverage Museum in New Orleans, part of the Nitty Grits Network. For more information on today's podcast, join the Tip of the Tongue podcast group on Facebook. Please come by when you're in New Orleans and don't forget to subscribe to our podcast wherever you listen to podcasts. If you like it, let us know in the comments. This is Liz Williams.